introduction. So my name is Simon. Um, I am part of the music team here at church. Um, my day job is recruitment and HR. Um, yeah, that's a bit about me. Anyway, so it's basically what I am. Um, so last week, Julia dropped some serious theoretical, wait, theological bombs, not theoretical bombs. Theological bombs. Yep, that's it. And somehow I have to follow that. So I'm going to give it a shot. Um, so basically what I'm going to be doing is um, sharing on how we respond um, in worship. Um, and I know, yes, it's a classic. Oh, here we go. The worship leader's going to get up and talk to us how to respond to God. He knows everything. I don't. But it's going to be a bit different. It's not going to be your classic, you need to raise your arms or focus on God. It's going to be a bit different, okay? And it got, might get pretty meaty. So be prepared for that, all right? Um, so this evening, I'm going to focus on the musical side of worship. So um, singing and participating in corporate worship. So obviously there's lots of other different ways and forms that you can worship God, um, but that's a completely different message for another time. Um, so first of all, we know God calls us to sing together. Um, the, in the Bible, there are over 400 references uh, to singing and over 50 direct commands to sing as well. Um, and in the New Testament, we are commanded not once but twice uh, to sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to one another when we meet. Um, so that's in Ephesians 5.19 and Colossians 3.16. Um, but when you ask someone what their thoughts are on worship, they almost immediately start talking about music and how that kind of relates. Um, and that's basically because it's kind of crazy neurologically, like in your brain, like there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, so can we bring up the diagram? Yeah, I know. I've got a diagram, guys. It's pretty full on. Um, so this is where it gets meaty. So when we're worshipping in our brain, um, especially in the areas, um, there's a lot obviously going on because our brains are doing a whole bunch of different stuff. Um, but there's a lot going on around the processing of sound, of images. Um, but mainly there's a lot of activity in your left temporal lobe, which is that left-hand side of the brain, but in the front left-hand corner, if that makes sense. Um, and that's um, typically associated with um, language. And so that's basically going off because um, you're singing and processing words and, and that sort of thing. Obviously, you need to get the words right. Um, but you also have activity happening in your light, right temporal lobe, which is the far right, front right-hand corner of your brain. Um, and so that's a t typically associated with creativity and music. Um, but there's also lots of activity going on in the corpus callosum. Now, it isn't on this diagram because... I couldn't find a diagram that had the corpus callosum on it. But it's basically the bridge between the left brain and the right brain. So it's kind of like the, the bridge between the two. Um, and what's interesting is that on one level, you've got the, the left-hand side of the brain processing words and, um, and that sort of thing. But then you've got a whole other tier that's basically associated with creating and you know being creative. Um, and so it's quite funny that Christian music kind of has this um, reputation of being kind of cheesy and basic sometimes, but when you look at what actually happens when you've got a setting like this, a, a congregation or a room full of Christians singing worship music, it's incredibly participatory. Like everyone is doing something to make this happen, basically, because um, otherwise it would just be not church, basically. But if you compare that to a, a like a classical music concert where you've got a person on stage just playing the violin, um, you've got you know a room of 800 people standing there and watching a person and just listening. Um, whereas in this kind of setting, we've got you know 100, 200 people all singing and all contributing to the kind of the atmosphere. Um, 
And so there are a lot of special effects that kind of go on um, while you're basically worshipping. Um, and as a congregation, when we're all together, these are basically like amplified. And examples of this are increased capacity to process language, um, a more positive frame of mind, a higher sense of self-esteem, um, and a higher sense of self-worth. Um, and so you've got this room full of brains, basically, um, that all start to create the same neurological patterns. They all start to do about the same thing. If you took a brain scan of everyone that was here while we were all worshipping, it would all be relatively similar. Um, and which is actually just kind of crazy that we all start to do the same thing. Um, and when we're worshipping, we're basically going through a process of transcendence. It's a funny word, but it's basically um, when we're, during our every day, a lot of our thoughts and a lot of what we're thinking about is on ourselves. Like we're talking about, um, oh man, I've got to eat because I'm hungry, or man, I've got to get some sleep because I didn't get enough last night, or I need to keep breathing, or whatever it may be. Um, but while we're worshipping, our kind of perspective moves away from ourselves and further and further upwards and outwards, if that makes sense. So it moves out to your, your community, our city, our country, our world, and then eventually to God. And this process is basically amplified um, by music. So if you can imagine you've got you know, us all in a room and then all of a sudden we all start thinking about the same thing, it's, it's quite, a, quite a powerful process, to be honest. Um, and some people find it really easy to experience God um, by themselves or outside of, a, I guess, a congregational setting, um, which is awesome. That's, that's fantastic. But not everyone has that same tendency. Um, but when you get everyone together, because of the power of music and because of the participatory actions or aspects of worship, we're basically all able to move towards that higher perspective, if that makes sense. So when you get everyone in a room, you know, there might be someone who finds it really hard to, to worship or to, to connect with God in a, in a way. Um, but when you put them next to someone who is, you know, full on and is already, you know, is, is doing it every day, then it basically like um, kind of gives them like a footstool up, if that makes sense. It kind of like gives them a hand up to, to experience God, um, which to be honest, is, again, pretty incredible that that's what happens when we're all standing around singing. Now, um, after learning, actually, this, this has kind of taken a, um, a completely new and completely fresh perspective for worship for me because I'm like, okay, cool, I can... Sometimes it kind of gets a little... Um, not dry, but like boring. Okay, we all come along and we sing and then we sit down and then someone speaks and we sing again. But this is almost like I'm helping out someone who might be next to me who, who might not be able to experience God right now. And, like, you're kind of helping out your neighbor at the same time as experiencing God for yourself, which is just, yeah, just very, very cool. Um, and we should just be encouraged. I, and I, th I think that's kind of the, the main point of why I wanted to share all this science and, and, and all that stuff around it, is to just kind of um, encourage that when we respond and when we choose to respond to God in worship, we're not... Um, take you know not kind of focusing on ourselves but we're looking with a, a broader perspective looking at our neighbors and our city and, and whatever that may be as well and it and it kind of it takes our eyes off our side our, off ourselves and focuses our our thoughts or our eyes or whatever you want to call it on god which is obviously a very good thing um but when we're doing it as a congregation we're helping our neighbor to do exactly the same thing um so yeah
that's basically it. Be encouraged to worship. It's 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 an incredible experience and it's an incredible, um, I guess, way that God's designed us to worship congregationally. And if you kind of take a, a step back and a bigger perspective on it, it's like actually God created us this way. <laughs> like as I said before, you know, there's four four hundred times where singing is mentioned in the Bible, and then He's created us actually to do this all together because there's a reason behind it. It's a reason that we're not just doing it for ourselves. We're not just doing it for him, but we're doing it for everyone else in the room at the same time. Um, but yeah, so be encouraged to worship because it's helping us. It's helping you. And it's also helping the guy next to you as well, who might be not as well. But yeah, that's it. Thank you very much, guys. Wasn't he good? Come on, let's give him another hand. I reckon that was awesome. I feel smarter already, my friend. Um, don't worry, everyone. I actually do have an iPad, so we're back to the light side. It's all right. So for those of you who don't know, my name is Jono. I'm on team here, and I'm not going to be quite as intelligent as him, um, but I do want to talk a little bit around. We've been talking these last couple of weeks about the idea of respond, and Carl shared with us that's what he felt God was impressing upon us this year, that um, he was wanting us as a church to respond to what he's saying, and as part of that, to our response should be to yes. Uh, you know, yes to what his plan and his purpose is this year. And if you were here a few weeks ago, um, we were all given a card that said yes, and we came forward and we put it on the stage here as a symbolic representation of going, yes, God, I'm in for what you have. And But I think, in thinking about this, I think it can be easy, or at least I find this in my life, that when, when I think about saying yes to God, or when I'm asked to come forward and place a card down and go, yep, God, I'm saying yes to everything you have, I often, my mind often tends to go more towards the big decisions in life. You know, the the big significant moments where I might need to say yes to God. Those big life-changing decisions. And for me, I go, well, of course I'm going to say yes to God in those moments because these decisions often have, you know, significant consequences for the rest of my life. They can impact my future. They can impact the future of people around me. And so, of course, I want God's leading and his guiding and his wisdom over that situation, and I'm sure that there are many of you here, when you think back over your life, you think over some of the significant decisions you've had to make, you've probably already said yes to God many times in the past. You've probably already had to come to that place going, I need, I, Lord, I need your guidance. What are you asking me to do? Some of you might be living in Christchurch because of a yes. My family, we, we moved to Christchurch because we said yes to God, and we felt he called us here to the city. Some of you might be in a particular job that you're in because you said yes to God or whatever it is. And as you, if you were a believer, when those things came up, you'll probably find you've actually said yes to God many times before. But what about when it comes to saying yes to God in your everyday life? What about when it comes to saying yes to God in the Monday, the nine to five, the Monday to Friday, the boring old aspects of, not that your lives are boring, but my life's a bit boring sometimes. And, you know, what about when it comes to saying yes to God in those things? When it comes to saying yes to chatting with your coworker about what you did this weekend, the fact that you came to church. What about when it comes to praying for people who don't like you? Or what about when it comes to saying yes to serving on a team or giving financially? What about when saying yes makes you unpopular? Or saying yes might actually lose the running for a particular job? Or when saying yes might cause you to lose some status among your friend group? 
Because I think if we are truly going to say yes to God, it has to involve every aspect of our lives. It has to involve every aspect of our lives. You know, see, when I married Anna two years ago on our wedding day, I said yes to being her husband. I said yes to loving her. So that means I can't just be her husband when it suits me. I can't, now it suits me all the time, don't worry, I love her. But it means, you get my illustration, like I can't just be her husband when I feel like it. I can't just love her when there's something in it for me or when the situation is good. I have to love her and I have to be her husband regardless of what situation we find ourselves in, regardless of what's going on. I'm not just her husband in the significant moments in our life. I'm her husband and I love her in every situation of our lives. And when you look over the life of Jesus, there were many significant moments where he had to say yes to God. There were many significant moments where he said yes to God. I mean, thinking about going to the cross, that was saying yes to God, and I think that's probably the biggest yes to God anyone's going to have to give, is going to the cross. But he was also able to say yes in the insignificant moments, when it wasn't convenient for him, when he would be interrupted by someone on his journey somewhere, or he'd be traveling somewhere and a crowd would gather around him. So he would take time out, he would walk up a hill, and he would start to teach them. Or young kids would come up to him wanting a hug. Or he would interact, people, uh, interact with people that wouldn't normally be socially acceptable with. He would go and have dinner with these people. Jesus would say yes to God in the every day, the nine-to-five grind that he would go on. When we read through the Gospels, it's really easy to think, oh, that was Jesus' life. But that was only three years of a 30-year lifespan. For the previous 30, he was just living out as a carpenter, doing the 9 to 5, the Monday to Friday. But he continued to say yes to God, and that's what got him to where he was. But if you're anything like me, and you find that the days just seem to fly by, you know, one day rolls on to another, and then a whole week's gone by, and then before you know it's Christmas again, and it's a new year... I think it can be so easy to only involve God when the significant things come up. As we get into the the habitual, the patterns of life, the daily cycle that we go through, it can be really easy to only bring God up when those big things come up. And I think that there's, there's... There's a reason for that, you know, because those things, they occupy a lot more, they give us a lot more stress. They occupy a bigger space in our mind. And so that causes us to take a step back and go, Lord, I I, I need you guiding in this. What are you wanting to do? But we've got to remind ourselves not just to involve God in those significant moments, but in our everyday life. In our everyday nine to five, what is God wanting you to say yes to in the boring stuff? Because the thing is, is most of the work actually gets done in the everyday. Most of the work gets done in the everyday. Most of the kingdom building in your life, the times you'll see the kingdom expand is in your nine to five, your boring old aspects, you know, when you're having a relate, uh, you know, you're building relationship with someone, you're having a coffee with a coworker, you're having an awkward conversation about God, whatever it might be, those hard yards, that is where God's kingdom expands. And so it's so vital that we continue to say yes to him, yes to God, that our response is included in everything that we face. And so the question becomes, well, well how? And You might not like the answer, but it's actually prayer. It sounds a little obvious, but actually prayer is the answer. Because if I'm going to involve God in every area of my life, 
Oh, sorry, I've gone back a bit. There we go. So, so the answer is prayer. But the interesting thing about prayer is that it's actually so versatile. Prayer is so versatile. You can do it anywhere. You can do it anytime. You can do it out loud or you can do it in your head. It can be 20 minutes long or it can be 20 seconds long. But all of it is still valid. And all of it is still vital. And if we're truly going to say yes to God in every area of our life, then we need to be praying into every area of our life. Now, I'm not meaning that you take two hours at the start of your day and you pray through the checklist of everything that's going on in your life. Now, that's a great thing to do, but I don't have as much discipline as that. But another way you can achieve that is by continuing to pray, continually praying throughout your day. Continually praying throughout your day. When something comes up that you're grateful for, Lord, thank you. I really appreciate this thing. When something comes up that's frustrating you, Lord, this is frustrating. Give me peace in this situation. Help me get through this. Maybe you're about to go and have an awkward conversation with someone. Maybe your manager. Lord, give me favor in this conversation. Lord, keep my temper low. You know, give me the right words to say, yes, even Lord, please help me find a car park right now. All of these prayers are completely valid because they're involving God in your everyday life. They're involving God in every aspect of what's going on. Don't limit yourself by believing that every prayer needs to be long and elaborate before the break of dawn. Because just like when you have conversations with your friends, some of them are long and meaningful, but others are just small and they're banter and they're insignificant. So Jeremiah and I, we can have banter throughout the office, but we can also go out for coffee and we can talk for a few hours. And both of those are um, are valid because... You are building relationship with that person. In both of those instances, you are building relationship with that person. You are connecting and you are growing closer to them. You're involving them in your everyday life. And it's the same with God. We need to have those times where we have, we have that long time of prayer, where we get up in the morning, when we go for a walk, we go out somewhere and we go to seek his presence and his guidance. But I think God loves it when we chat to him throughout the day, when we involve him and what's going on, those small conversations that can happen, those spontaneous prayers. Because as you continue to do this, as you start to do this, as it starts to become natural, as it becomes habitual for you, then what happens is you are able to then start listening also. You are able to start listening to what God is saying back. And so as you're going throughout your day and you're praying these little prayers, these seemingly insignificant prayers, As you do this over time, what you'll start to notice is as you do that, all of a sudden God speaks back to you. Maybe you're having coffee with someone and you're going, Lord, give me the right words to say. And then all of a sudden a word of knowledge pops into your head that you're able to bless that person with. When your co-worker walks past and God gives you an encouraging word for that person that you can bless them with. And what you start to notice is now God is working in your everyday life. He's working in the areas that you think are boring or the areas that you think are insignificant because and he'll start moving in every area of your life because he cares and he's interested about every area of your life. He's not just God of the significant moments. He is God in the insignificant moments in your everyday life, and he wants to be a part of what's going on. When Jesus said, when he left this earth, he said, I will be with you always. That's what he meant, always. I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. And so can I encourage you, saying yes to God is an everyday decision that you have to make. 
It's an everyday choice. Yes, when Anna and I got married, that was a decision I made to say yes, but I have to make that decision again over, and now it's not a hard decision to make, but I have to make it over and over again every day because that's what I committed to. And so when you come forward and you go, Lord, I'm saying yes to your plans and your purposes, you need to make that decision again day and day and day as they go on and involve God in every area of what's going on if you're really going to see the kingdom expand. So can I ask the team to come and join us? We're going to stand. I'll ask you to stand. We're going to go into a time of worship now. And can I encourage you? We've heard about the power of worship in response. What happens in our, you know, biology when we worship. But the amazing thing is that when we worship, when we lift up his praises, then his presence comes down. And his presence is with us. As we, as we sing these next few songs, can I encourage you, say yes to God again. Say yes to God again. Maybe you want to come forward and have one of the team pray with you. Maybe you just want that support, but ask God, Lord, what are the everyday, what are the things going on in my everyday life that I need to say yes to you? Maybe it's a coworker that you need to encourage or someone that you feel you should catch up with, whatever it may be, ask God to reveal those things to you and start building them into your life. So let's sing the song and let's worship again together.